0: Paul Douglas back with you. Jordana filled in this morning, nine to noon. Hope you were listening. Hope you'll be listening to the uh, the Wolves Grizzlies playoff game this evening, man. Who thought it would get this exciting and come down to the wire? Well, we are your Wolf Station, and it's going to be an amazing evening.
1: And, Paul, so, you can, of course, catch that Wolves game here on News Talk 830WCCO. And the Twins are yes, playing simultaneously. And you can catch the Twins game over on our sister station, 1029 The Wolf. And both of those games tonight will be streamed on the Odyssey app. And, and if you'd like to go to a Twins game, it is... Twins Tuesday, and we'll be giving away some Twins tickets next hour, so stay tuned for that.
0: Awesome. Thank you, DJ. Thank you. So we started the show asking, are you considering an EV, an electric vehicle, or a hybrid? And I want to dive into your response. One listener says, Paul, I'll get an EV if you leave that black stuff on your ear.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Somebody was listening yesterday.
0: (laughs) Somebody, yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Okay. Well... Ah another listener, uh, Paul, I don't want hybrid or electric. The hybrid, I was told, hasn't been fully tested in Minnesota's climate. And if you do not drive each day, the car won't start. Should you go on vacation? You have to have somebody come and run the car while you're gone. That's crazy. I don't know where you've heard that, but I've I've left electric vehicles at the airport for a couple of weeks during the winter, and they start up just fine. So, I'm again, I'm not sure where that's coming from. Another listener, I've had a hybrid for 15 years. Now I want a hybrid electric, but the dealer can't get one. Yeah. Supply chain, right? Another listener, Paul, the initial cost of electric is two to three times that of gas and battery replacement is a major elephant in the room. You'll trade away before you ever need a battery, but many people can't afford that. And what will happen to spent batteries? I'm not again. I don't know where the two to three x. There was this meme, you know, years ago that electric vehicles just for the rich, but the prices come down. We just talked about a hybrid Ford pickup truck for under twenty grand, if you can get one, if you can find one. You can get into a Nissan Leaf for what what did you find out dj in the 20s right
1: yeah 23 i think or something like that and you know these are the things that are changing is that you know 10 years ago maybe that was right that it was tesla and a few others and they were really expensive and the battery technology has come a long way since then so it's it's evening out and it's getting more advantageous Mm -hmm. even for folks who don't want to you know put up with a big sticker price up front
0: yeah uh Bob from Bloomington, I've had a hundred one cars. Holy cow, really? A hundred and one. I'm impressed. Uh, two hybrids. Next one will be a Ford Maverick hybrid. Yes, that's a lot of bang for the buck for 20 grand. Uh, Paul, can you comment on the environmental damage done by mining for the materials used in the batteries for all these electric cars? Yeah, that that is a concern, these rare earth metals. By the way, the largest market for rare earth metals is for magnets used in everything from electric motors to lasers, cancer treatment, nuclear reactors, commercial lighting. Steel production is the second largest market for rare earth minerals. 11% of all rare earth metals are used in oil refining and they're also used in uh, catalytic converters so every electric i'm sorry every gas powered vehicle relies on cerium a rare earth metal so yeah all vehicles are fundamentally dirty which which has more hair on it than you know the other i we ha- we have some challenges and we need to find alternatives to rare earth metals and you know you hear some of these stories about the mining and what's happening in africa there is no perfect way to get around maybe walking is the perfect way to get around
1: are you concerned at all though paul at the rate at which our society our world goes from a combustion engine to a gas engine because that could be a concern right that yes both are dirty and have Uh, rare earth metals and things that we need to get from the planet. But if we go too fast, will the demand for certain materials get too high too fast and get things out of whack?
0: There there will be all new battery technology over time. The way we're doing things today is not the way we're going to be building batteries 5, 10, 15 years from now. There will be, I think, alternatives. And already people are working on what comes after lithium-ion. Is there a smarter way? And and that's the arc of technology. There's always a better, cheaper way to create new technologies, to innovate. So I'm not minimizing the fact that there are issues with rare earth metals when it comes to EVs, but there are issues with fossil fuel-powered vehicles as well, right? Pollution, air pollution, water pollution, climate change. So... Yeah. Paul, I'll be getting a plug-in hybrid until the storage of the battery is better. I sometimes drive a 1,000 miles a day. Another listener, I heard the president of Porsche America interviewed, and he stated they are no longer developing new gas engine block designs. That's true. And Mercedes is not doing any more R&D on gas-powered vehicles. They're going all electric. Another listener, I'm driving my 2012 Lincoln MKZ Hybrid. Still works fine. Never replaced the batteries. Mileage has gone down since I've owned it in the last seven years. It was 42 miles per gallon when I got it. Now it's about 33 or 34. So anyway, uh, the options are going to increase the range will increase, the costs will continue to come down, and I think we'll find smarter ways when it comes to batteries and recycling batteries and doing so with, with less, less impact on the environment. I want to ask Stephen Belton what he thinks about electric vehicles. He always has an opinion. He'll be up next on CCO. Two electric vehicles since 2013, and, and 2013 my wife thought I was nuts. Why would you do that? Um but you know what? I I had a good experience. The first vehicle was rear wheel drive, it was not great obviously on snow. And so I got rid of that and got an all-wheel drive vehicle with a range of 300 miles. That's my daily driver. You know, I still have a gas-powered ve- a couple of gas-powered vehicles. And one of them uh, is a BMW X5, which I use to go up to the cabin. I use to haul stuff because my wife loves to haul stuff and for our road trips. And we've been on, especially during the pandemic, I think, eight or nine road trips. I like to drive. And so, um, again, it's it's a dimmer switch. I'm not saying everybody run out and buy an electric vehicle. But what I would suggest is that you keep an open mind and maybe try one. Just drive one. And when the price gets down to a certain point and the range reaches a certain point and there are as many chargers as there are gas pumps, so you don't have to worry about range anxiety, running out of charge, you know, there might be a natural time to consider it. If you can drive for less, that, that's the bottom line, right? When it becomes a no-brainer. Do we have uh, Stephen by any chance? No? Okay. Well, we are efforting. To get uh, Urban League's uh, president CEO Stephen Belton on with us. In the meantime, let's move up our uh, today's terrible trivia and talk about EVs. And DJ, um, let's see how well you do here. You sound real six excited questions. about this trivia
1: here. You know, six questions.
0: <laughs> I like it when I get to ask the question. Now let's see how listeners. And and please, you are. Free to play along at home. No wagering, though. Please, no gambling when it comes to these questions. Well, I guess you have the freedom to wager. Uh, DJ, when did the first electric vehicle hit the market? hmm 1884, 1921,
1: 1996. Uh, ooh. I... I mean, I feel like the answer would be 1996. Is like the modern when the first modern electric vehicle came on the market. But I'm going to go with the what was it? 1929, 1921, 1921. See, I yeah. I don't know. I think somebody, some harebrained inventor had an electric car back then that never really went anywhere. So I'm going with that.
0: Oh, what DJ? What so close? 1884. Oh, really? Even. Earlier, okay. The, the first electric vehicle was launched in 1884. English inventor Thomas Parker and American inventor William Morrison designed an electric car that was unveiled in 1890. It could go 14 miles an hour and carry six people. So electric was actually c- came before gas powered vehicles. Wow. But you can thank John D. Rockefeller, Standard Oil, having the vision to set up this network of gas stations, that was the tipping point, right? There were so many gas stations, that's why gasoline-powered one over mm-hmm. electric mm-hmm. power back in the uh, at the beginning of the 20th century. And now we may be heading back to the future. We'll see. All right, question number two. Okay. How many electric cars are being used daily around the world? How many electric cars, all electric, Okay. Is it a ten million, b a hundred million, c six hundred seventy three million?
1: Uh I think it's the highest. I think it's the six hundred seventy three million.
0: Oh, Boy, I'm
1: terrible at this.
0: Oh my god, ten million. Ten, okay. 07 percent of the global market. It's about two to three percent of the U.S. market. It's projected to reach 7% of the U.S. market by 2030. We will see how fast it goes up. Question number three. Mm -hmm. Which country has the highest percentage of electric vehicles on their highways? The highest percentage of all electric? Is it the U.S.? Is it Germany? Or Norway?
1: I think it's Norway.
0: Yes. Well done. 54% 54% of all new cars in Norway sold in 2020, wow. the latest year we have data, were completely battery-powered Wow! Okay. with a population of a little over 5 million. Norway has more than 100,000 electric cars, the highest electric car usage worldwide. And it's it's bizarre. Uh, and I've noticed even in Amsterdam, all their taxis are Teslas. It's kind of jarring. All right. DJ, question number four. How many EV charging stations are in operation right now in the U.S.? Is it 28,000, 41,000, or 135,000? How many charging stations from coast to coast?
1: I was just talking to Stephen Belton, who's going to join us in about seven minutes here, and I
0: totally missed that question.
1: But I like C. C sounds like the best answer there.
0: Well, you would be wrong. It's it's forty one thousand. Okay. Well, I, I didn't hear uh, a question, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll give you a pass on okay. that. There are over forty one thousand EV charging stations in the U.S., and that number is increasing every month. Mm-hmm. In comparison, about one hundred thirty six thousand gas stations. Okay. So um, yeah, you know, roughly three times as many gas stations as charging stations. Okay. The Biden administration working on an infrastructure bill that would promise to have 500,000 public charging devices in the US by the year 2030. We'll see if that gets through. So, question 5. How long does a typical car battery last? 12 years. I'm, I just I'm, guess. Give me the multiple give, choice though. Let me give you the <laughs> options. A 5 years, B 10 years, C-15 years. Um, I'm going to go with C-15 years. You are correct. Most auto manufacturers have a five to eight year warranty on their batteries. However, the current prediction is that electric car batteries will last anywhere from 10 to 20 years before they need to be replaced. And there are some startups that are working very hard on recycling these car batteries. So I know there's a lot of questions. Okay, what do you do? Um, Does this create more environmental waste? I think there's a a smart way to recycle these, but yeah, 15 years. Wow. Range anxiety is a thing with Mm -hmm. EVs. What is the longest range of any current car on the market? Any current EV that's available right now? Is it, 320 miles, 405 miles, or 485 miles Uh, on the charge? 485 C. You are correct. The Mercedes EQS, 485 miles. Tesla Model S, 405. The BMW iX, which is their SUV, that goes 380 miles. Wow. And the uh, BMW i4 sedan goes three hundred. 67 miles. Mine only goes a paltry 300 miles. Oh, poor you. Poor me. Yeah. Oh, you did okay. You got about half right. Yeah, I got a few right. Okay. Yeah. When we come back, The Urban League, Stephen Belton on CCO. Always great having Stephen Belton join us every Tuesday at about this time and uh Stephen, welcome back.
2: Thanks, Paul. Good to be with you and Jordan
0: yeah Jordana is off. She was on this morning. She's filling in uh, nine to noon, so it's just me. so please talk slowly, use small words and this segment will be just... <laughs> I'm serious uh, we, look i um we're talking about electric vehicles, and I don't know if even just talking about evs if if that's you know is that privilege i I think it's the arca technology. What worked 30, 40, 50 years ago may not work as well 20, 30 years from now in terms of of finding sustainable, cleaner ways to get around. And I had a chance to uh, do some preaching out at Westwood Church, actually sharing. I I, I don't think I was preaching. I was sharing with uh, Joel Johnson, the pastor out there, uh, about Earth Day, talking about pollution, air pollution, water pollution, um, a, a lot of... You know, people of color disproportionately impacted by air pollution and water pollution. And, Stephen, I I couldn't believe this statistic. According to the American Lung Association, 40% of Americans on a day-to-day basis breathe unhealthy air. Four out of ten Americans. And in many cases, you know, living in big cities, downwind of oil refineries. And so there's that element. And then there's the climate change element as well. Um, There's a lot to worry about these days. How concerned are you about a rapidly changing
2: climate? Very concerned. I would add to the list of pollutions that people of color disproportionately uh, face, um, I would add noise pollution uh, as well, in large part because of proximity to, uh, to built environments like freeways. Um, think of Rondo, and think about the ways that 94 came to the African American community in North Minneapolis, and 35 to what is now a Black and Latino community in South Minneapolis. So proximity to to built structures is one of the ways that we get noise uh, pollution, uh, but also because of noise pollution tends to drive down property values, and so it's where people can afford to live. Think about uh, you know sort of airports and proximity to. Those lands where you have cheaper lands available. So, yeah, very concerned about it, not just because of pollution, but, uh, you know, sort of on the upside, there's tremendous opportunities uh, economically that uh, many people are taking advantage of now uh, with regard to electrification of vehicles, is just one example but trying to make sure that people of color are not left out of the economic boom that inevitably will happen is sort of at the opposite end. So disproportionate consumers of pollution and uh, on one end of the scale, but also trying to figure out ways to take advantage of the economic opportunities. One example, a simple example would be solar installation is a technology that uh, – that there are some African-American entrepreneurs in particular who are working on trying to create opportunity for people of color, and particularly African-Americans, to be able to uh, learn that technology, to be able to take advantage of it as a workforce strategy, and that's something that we support at the Urban Newport Cities.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, and you mentioned this, transportation is the biggest sector right now in terms of CO2, greenhouse gas warming. Um, if we can get the transportation under control and and lower the curve and lower emissions of these you know uh, yep. greenhouse gas warming uh, like methane and co2. and the light rail, correct me if I'm wrong, that's that's electric power. what What do you think needs to happen to get more electric options, more clean energy options into the hands of everybody? Including communities of color?
2: Well, and so I, my wife and I just bought our first uh, hybrid vehicle, not fully electrified, uh, you know, recently, and are really pleased with that and are looking at for perhaps our next uh, vehicle purchase to make a, you know, to have a fully electric vehicle. Uh, so I think a few things have to happen, and I think they're happening slowly. One is, uh, the affordability issue you you raise that first when you raise the issue is that a privilege issue in itself these vehicles are not cheap um so that's that it certainly is a factor but it's not just a fact obviously it's not a factor that's peculiar to communities of color it's factor for everybody. The next actually but second, uh, also being able having, you know, more ubiquitous options, you know, increasing the availability. I'm pleased that you've got a variety of car companies and and in uh, a variety of car options. I just saw recently that uh, got a fully electric, I think it was a Chevy Silverado or something, or may have been a Ford F ten, a fully electric vehicle that's become available yeah. and lots of different options. You know in Americans we like our big vehicle and so you can't just have a Prius. You've got to have something that will allow you to have you and 14 of your closest friends, you know, all in the same car and the same vehicle at once. So I think increasing the options, uh, lowering the price point. But I also think that this is where, you know, sort of the, the tropes about diversity, equity, and inclusion, increasing the minds and the, uh, the perspectives of people. I'm anxious for people of color to be more broadly engaged in developing these technologies, because who knows where the next genius is going to come from? Who knows where the next Elon Musk, uh, yeah. if you consider him a genius, is going to come from? And I don't think we are in a position now, particularly with global warming being such a preeminent issue, of excluding anybody's capacity, anybody's intellectual horsepower from the occasion, from the equation. So I think figuring out ways to draw more people, and people of color, more women into you know science, technology, engineering, and math is a critical piece of it as well.
0: Stephen, I don't mean to ambush you, but I will. We we talked with Senator Jeremy Miller, um the GOP majority leader here in the state of Minnesota, and we asked him a number of things, but we also talked about the Minnesota tax on social security. I I run into a lot of older Minnesotans who want to stay here, many of them are considering leaving not just because of the winters, but they want to go to, you know, tax friendlier states like Arizona, Florida texas and not be taxed on their social security um at a time when the state has a nine billion dollar surplus is this the time to provide some relief to older minnesotans what do you have an opinion on that i'm just curious
2: well i'm so i'm i'm an older minnesotan paul and um uh, i'm not on you know i'm not drawing social security yet but i'm eligible and so i, I do have some uh you know a, you know, Skin in the game, uh, so to speak. But I I have to tell you, I've never once complained about my taxes. I pay taxes, and I, you know, I pay taxes on my home, pay income taxes, pay, you know, taxes on everything. You know, we pay very high uh, taxes on our gasoline at the pump. I don't pay a complaint about those things personally because they support the quality of life um, that I also don't complain about. And so, what I'm, you know, you mentioned in juxtaposition to this question of tax relief whether having, you know, $9 billion plus in surplus is a time to do that. Yeah, we can do that, but we also need to be looking at a variety of, of, of challenges that poor people, that people of color, that African Americans in particular face in the state of Minnesota that can also use for that relief. So the problem is you've got a lot of beaks that want to get their beak wet at the trough. And uh, I'm certainly sympathetic to the issues. Uh, concerning, you know, taxing uh, Social Security. But I'm also very concerned about people who haven't even made it to retirement, who are still trying to make a productive life for themselves and their children, who are simply not getting a fair break out of our economy and out of our system. And so it's part of the balancing that we, that our elected officials have to do, that policy proponents have to do. And uh, personally, I'm not offended by uh, or put off by the, uh, the tax system that we have in Minnesota, because I love the things that it supports in our state.
0: Yeah, I don't take what we have here for granted. I I, I really don't. I, I guess I could live anywhere, and uh, this is home for a, a, a long list of reasons. I never came across anybody, Stephen, though, who said, you know, I wish I was paying more in taxes. But um, I, I, it's part of the human condition, right? We want it all. Yeah. We want great yeah. services, um, and we want to pay less for it. So anyway, I, I do appreciate your perspective and um, that, you know the need for balance, and and you said it well as you always do. President, CEO, Urban League, Twin Cities, Stephen Belton. Thank you for joining us today.
2: Pleasure to be with you, Paul. I barely even missed her. Jordana. Who? I mean, she's going to give me that. Joke, I know. <laughs> she's, gonna, she's not going to be happy. We'll have to, we'll have to send that to her. Thank with you, Stephen. love for Jordana, send her that too. <laughs> Absolutely. to. Absolutely,
0: always. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. When we come back, a little love for Mike Max next. <laughs> Test one, two, three. Maxi Sports brought to you by the John Schuster Group, Caldwell Banker Real Estate. There's just too much going on. Too the much. Wolves, the twins, twins, and the Wild well, all I was, play tonight. I at a, at what a Vikings, is
3: a, a Vikings press conference at 9 o'clock this morning. How about oh that? My. Throw that one into the foray, too.
0: So... And I've heard the rumblings, and everybody's an armchair quarterback. Oh, yeah. And speaking of quarterbacks, is it conceivable that the Vikes could could draft a quarterback to play under Kirk Cousins? It's conceivable because the draft
3: doesn't have, where, where they drafted 12, uh, there may not be the high-end skilled player that they want in another position. And you could say this is a bargain for this quarter. There's Kenny Pickett. You say something like that. We had his coach on Tim Salem the other day from Pitt. Uh, he's one of the names mentioned where he's kind of all over the board. And if you believe in that guy and you say, that's not what we had in mind, but we we only get a chance to draft somebody like that once, then you take him. And, and and, and, And that's where it becomes conceivable because this is not seen as particularly deep draft. In fact, much speculation and conjecture that they would trade their way back and try to get uh, not just the, the Vikings, but all the teams in that uh, in the middle of the first round, uh, that they could be looking to trade back and get more picks because uh, there isn't that much there if your position isn't there. So in other words, if, if one of the cornerbacks isn't there at 12, then maybe you move back. You know what I'm saying? So so that's where the quarterback, I think any position, becomes conceivable for this team.
0: Yeah. So Maxie, and the reason I'm asking, uh, Kirby Lee from USA Today Sports wrote this and i want to get your reaction he said one of the main reasons the rams were able to pay so many players and win a super bowl with a second tier quarterback was that they drafted so well in the years leading up to their super bowl win they filled holes with cheap rookie contract players and hit a few monster home runs the vikings have not done enough of that in recent years do you agree Well, I I guess
3: probably you'd say that about every team that didn't win the Super Bowl. But, uh, you know, they've also hit on some, too. You know, Delvin Cook in the second round, Justin Jefferson turned out to be uh, great. We don't know about Christian Derasaw yet, but he looks like he could be a player. So uh, they've had some hits, too. there's, There's some misses, but I would suggest to you that any team that didn't win the Super Bowl could probably go back and look at their draft and go, boy, they missed on that one, they missed on that one. I don't think the Vikings have been that far off the
0: course. So... Game five tonight, what are you looking yeah. for? What do the Wolves have to do here to, to pull this thing out in Memphis? The recurring
3: theme at the Wolves practice yesterday as out there was rebound. That, that they believe that their ticket is to rebound with and to get more offensive rebounds because Memphis gets their fair share. And that if they can be conscientious about that, if they can, if they can be good on the glass, as they say, that they believe that is their ticket to winning. That is, you know, it's not the player, it's not the matchup, it's not what's Memphis going to throw at them uh, or John Morant to will he get loose. It's that they believe if they rebound well, they will win because they have not always rebounded well in this series. But they, I, I was surprised at how many times hmm. that came up in conversation yesterday, that they've assessed the film and everything they need to look at, and they believe that rebounding is the one and only key for them.
0: And And staying focused, right, not not uh re a bad call yeah yeah and, and, and i guess that would go
3: hand in hand with it yeah the, yeah. the emotional intelligence as we say you know
0: right
3: uh, uh, to be able to walk away and, or, or to speak your mind quickly and then move on uh right. and, and i would consider that to be a given as part
0: of it Maxie, what else are you tracking
3: i just got back from the twins uh they're playing detroit tonight and uh you know a lot of talk buzz about byron buxton of course and in rocco Baldelli i, I just talked to rocco and he says i I don't talk to Buck, I don't need to say much to Buck right now because there's nothing I can tell him that can help him. He's got this figured out right now. So you just stay away and let him hit. You know, let let him swing the bambino, as they say. And uh, uh, they get uh, Detroit in town uh, tonight, tonight, uh, tomorrow night, and, and Thursday afternoon uh, for three. But um, you know, they're feeling a little bit better about themselves. They've won four straight. Now, you can feel that in the clubhouse in, 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 uh, where the guys are gathered and uh, mm-hmm. uh, putting their cold weather gear on before they go out, <laughs> go out in their stocking caps before they go out for um, yeah. <laughs> batting practice. But, you know, good vibe today given given where they're at
0: yeah absolutely and and how are you doing juggling all these sports um what 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 are you excited about coming up other than of course the wolves uh hopefully moving yeah, on
3: prob- probably more grateful you know just grateful that you can hey man let her rip you know let's see what the wolves do wild play tonight let's see what they do you know next week of course the playoffs will intensify for them um that, I mean, all that stuff is just, it's just like, hey, let, let's let's have some fun here. You know, let's enjoy this. We 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 we've struggled through a lot of things here in Minnesota over the last few years. Yeah. Uh, some that every you know every community has, others that were unique to us. So let's let's have a good spring here. I, I know the weather sucks, but aside from that, we've got some sports teams that are <laughs> uh, kind of capturing our fancy, and, and let's enjoy this ride.
0: Well said. Thank you, Maxie. Appreciate your words of wisdom. Thanks, More than Paul. Ever. You hang in there. Pray for spring. It's trying. God. All right. When we come back, a few more of your thoughts about electric vehicles. Too soon? What do you think about that? Do you have an opinion? 651 461 Going to sit on your hands and wait? Are you all in? That's coming up.